Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. those of us who have never been for aerobics or we have never been to the gym before if you come here you're okay I tell you energy, energy, energy beautiful you may be seated in the house of the Lord Amen. Now, Genesis chapter 3. I want to, I want you to look at something and try to understand the implications of it. Now, to Adam, verse 17. He said, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, okay, and hast eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, like because of you, for thy sake. Because of you, the ground is cursed. In sorrow shall thou eat. But actually, the word sorrow is the word toil, labor, hardship, toil. Shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles it shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread until thou return to the ground. For out of it thou was taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Now, if we are dust and we return to dust. How many realize that that is true? The, the dust is what we become. Now, if that is true, then all the other things must be true. That the ground is cursed for thy sake. Isn't it? And that means that it's very difficult to prosper. Very, very difficult to prosper. The sweat of your face, you you eat. All the days of your life is toil and labor and the ground yields little and actually brings forth thorns and thistles. 
So I think there were no thorns in the original creation and thistles. But after Adam fell, then he started to give this bush. So when you look around, you see it's like it's nothing. You can't eat it. Most of the things that are growing. And you can see from the nature of the ground that it's difficult. It's going to be difficult. So in when they were advertising uh, South America, I, I watched once a little film. They were, they were advertising for people to come, trying to get people to come from England to go to the Americas across with a ship. They were saying that it's a land that has three harvests every year instead of like once a year, like three times or four times you harvest. And then they were advertising it that there were mountains with rivers of gold coming down. And I saw a picture. They had a mountain with one gold river, another gold river, another. It's like the gold is right there. You know what? In real life, it's not there. <laughs> in real life, it's like Galamsey. And in real life, it's, I don't know, have you seen the Galamsey rivers before? No, it's, it's something. I watched one Galamsey thing in uh, Sierra Leone. They have a pipe which you breathe through. And they go under the brown water very deep. And the man breathes through the pipe. And it goes very deep. And tries to dig out. So he's breathing from a, like a plastic uh, PVC pipe. Deep down under, digging out the mud for diamonds. And, and many, many times they, they, they can't come back. Or if it disconnects from their mouth, then they can't come. So it's really, 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 really a hard life on earth and that's why i encourage people to serve the lord <laughs> now this case is real and i want you to see all of us including myself are going to turn into powder and recognizable dust if life goes on long enough do you see and and the reality of how hard the world is, is clear. But there, is some in, there are some interesting exceptions and exemptions. Receive that exemption and exception. Look at First Chronicles chapter 29, the last chapter, and you see uh, a, a prayer, verse 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. Now, notice verse 11. Verse 11. It says, Thine, Lord, is the greatness. Okay? And the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Okay? For all that is in the heaven and in the earth 
is thine. Okay? Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. All right? Now, notice verse 12. Verse 12. It says, both riches and honor come of thee. Riches and honor, both of them, come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might. Okay? And in thy hand it is to make great, or to make someone great, and to give strength unto all. So here you see God saying and showing that in his hand is their power to make somebody great. And he said also that riches and honor come of thee. It comes from you. It comes from God. You get it? Yeah. So, almighty God can make an exception in your case and cause you to see riches and honor. And you may ask me, why would he want to make an exemption or an exception? I don't know. But look at second, just turn the page to second Chronicles. We were in first Chronicles, the last chapter. But if you come to chapter one of second Chronicles, all right, you see, and now Lord, Solomon said to God in verse eight, thou hast showed great mercy to my father and made me to reign in his stead. Now, Lord God, let thy promise unto David, my father, be established. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before these people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? Who can, that, who can judge your people who are so great? Now, God said to Solomon, verse 11, are you watching? I want you to see how that original Adamic curse was broken in the in the life of Solomon. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart. So it looks like God looks on the heart before he can make an exemption. Huh? Yes. Because you need to have a certain kind of heart before he can make an exception for you. Because other than that, it's going to be sweat and a little. Because most people are destroyed by money. If you had power over millions, what would you do? What have most people done when they had power over millions? Hmm? So what does God say? Because you, this was in your heart. And you didn't ask for wealth, riches, wealth or honor, nor the life of thy enemies. Now, all these things was not in your heart. None of these things was in your heart. Wow. Neither hast thou asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people 
Not just wisdom and knowledge, but you wanted wisdom and knowledge to serve me. You see, like to do your calling, to do your commission, to finish your work, to do what I have put you here to do. Because God chose him as the son of David to do something in particular and to, 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 to work for him. So because it was in your heart to serve me so much, Okay, and you were, you were even asking for assistance to serve me. Like I should give you wisdom and knowledge to look after my people for me. Then I said, verse 12, wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee and I will give thee. You see, I will give you. I, God, will give you, notice, riches, and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee neither shall there any after thee have the like (laughs) wow so notice here that God decides and says that I will give thee riches and wealth and honor. So God actually in this cursed ground, look at the earth. Look at it. You can see this is not easy ground. And look at what it has yielded. Some funny type of grass. Huh? Even rats don't even eat this grass. Is it not amazing? Yeah. It's very hard. Everything is hard. Things look easy, but it's very hard. Years ago, my father used to run, he used to have horses. And um, he used to have horses. And he, 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 want, he wanted to, to have a champion horse. And he did, eventually. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. He used to take his Mercedes Benz. My father only drove Mercedes Benzes. Only. I, I never saw a Toyota in my house. No, I'm not against Toyotas, but I'm saying I never saw one in my house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he used to take his Mercedes-Benz and remove the back seat and send the driver and another man to come and cut this grass. And they'll fill the Mercedes-Benz with grass and they'll bring it to the horses to eat. Because they needed this type of long, fresh grass. One day I saw him hiring a car from here to Bamako with 10 people to go and bring a horse. You see, that's why I realized that that thing is easy. So when the horse wins first prize and then you see the amount, you have no idea what has been put in. Do you see? You imagine hiring a car from here to Kumasi. Yes. 
And all the horses that he had were muscular, breathing, testosterone-filled, wild animals. Hey! You have to groom them, scrub them, look after them, inject them, give them guinea corn, corn, grass, many things. I don't even remember the name of a drug they used to inject them with all the time. Just to win. He had a horse called Why Worry? (laughs) Yes, Why Worry? (laughs) And you see training every day at 4 a.m. The horses will go out. They will walk from Jamestown to far and come back. And they will gallop them, trot them, canter. And sometimes I used to join them at dawn to, to be first. And when you see the price, the price would be something like 2,300 cities. <laughs> it's not easy, you. So in England, it's the queen, queen and such people, they have horses. Yeah, it's not easy to keep one. I've had a horse before, my own horse. But after some time, I gave it up. <laughs> Try keeping a dog first. <laughs> Nothing in this world is easy. Nothing. They may mention the amounts they are getting from gold mining, from having done a PhD, from flying in a plane above us. <laughs> they may mention the amount, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. Nothing is easy. People said, oh, I'm also going to become a pastor so that I'll get this amount of money. Try it. Why don't you just try it? Nothing is holding you back. Hang the banner and start. (laughs) Hang your banner and start. That's what I'm hearing from the congregation. Hang your banner and start. Hmm. Now, are you excited with verse 12? This verse. Wisdom and knowledge is granted thee. I will give thee. Literally, I say, I will receive. Now, notice what happened next. Verse 13. So Solomon came from his journey and reigned over Israel. Then verse 14. Now, Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen, and he had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, which he placed in the chariot cities. So these are his cars. Okay? A lot of cars. I, I have only one car. And that one car, it's a 
It's not my personal car. So, but Solomon had 1,400. Now, verse 15 is the verse which is fantastic and you may want to underline it in your Bible. Okay, it says that the king made silver and gold at Jerusalem as plenteous as stones. <laughs> and cedar trees made he as the sycamore tree that are in the veil for abundance. Like they made them like neem trees. He made uh, cedar trees like neem trees. I think neem trees are, they, are neem trees common. Yeah. Do we see any neem trees here? I don't know, but all kind of bush trees, oh, like mongrels. These funny dogs you see around, common. You don't easily see an Alsatian walking around on the street outside, yes. Or a Doberman, but you have another type. Those are the common ones. Now, for somebody to make silver and gold as stones, huh? look at the stones on the floor here. Can you imagine if this was gold? Chile, everybody take a piece home and it's like, I'm coming to church has made us rich. That is the level of prosperity. You see, it's like surplus. So this one, you can see that the curse was stopped. The curse was stopped for just for Solomon. And like the things that became plain. God, that's actually how it's supposed to be on earth. That the work we do is supposed to yield so much. But it doesn't yield that. No matter the work. No matter the work you do. Yes. So, I really believe that God is the giver of prosperity. Of wealth, and like he said, riches and honor and wealth come from thee. And the king made silver and gold by his whatever he did. However, I don't know what he did, but whatever he did, silver became plenty, and gold was plenty, it was like stones around because God interrupted the curse for Solomon. And why did God interrupt the curse for Solomon? Because Solomon decided so much to serve God. Yes, so he was so determined to serve God. He wasn't after wisdom. He wasn't after knowledge. But he wanted wisdom and knowledge to be able to serve God properly. So ladies and gentlemen, please believe me that serving God is the master key to breaking the curse. You know, think of your life. Soon, you know, your life is going to be over and you look back and you wish, I wish I had done some more. You know? And, and, and I tell you, if you are alive and you are breathing, 
God is giving you a chance. I was telling somebody that if you are still alive, it means it's not over. It's when you are dead that it's over. But until you are dead, you can always choose to make a U-10, a C-10, an S-10. Any kind of maneuver that you need to make, you can do it. You know, your life is not over at all. Yes, there's time. Because you are alive. When you see that you are dying, you will know that you are dying. Death is something that sort of comes. On Friday, I attended the funeral of my classmate. My classmate. When I saw his coffin, I knew it was over. All our lives and our living on earth. Do you see? Ends when you are in that box. But until you are in the box, there's a chance. You believe there's a chance. There's a very good chance still. Yeah. To believe God. And to trust him. And in Revelations chapter 22, and I'm concluding with this verse. It says, and verse 3, there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. You know, this is a profound verse. No more curse, but what? There will be the presence of God and his servants will be serving him. So it looks like where there is no curse, the servants are serving God. And the presence of God is there. If you want to be living in a place and an environment where there is no curse, remember that there shall be no more curse. The servants of the Lord shall serve him and the throne of God and his lamb will be present. All this goes in one verse, in one phrase. I believe that, you see, the curse is to sweat for eating. So once your whole life is about how you live and how you get and how you survive, you are, you are exactly in it. When you step out of that stream, your life is to serve God. You are outside the curse river. Yeah, yeah. Because the curse is to sweat to eat bread. It's for eating. It's for living. Living and eating here is where the curse is. Everybody is struggling. Never think to yourself that very rich people are cruising uh, in, uh, on pink clouds of joy. You know, they are sitting on some pink clouds. There, there are diseases especially for rich people. You, you don't know, eh? Yeah. Yes, there, there are. That is why they have to sometimes travel first class because of the problems that they have. Yeah, there are many things. So, brothers and sisters, um, nowhere cool. Huh? 
you know that the next election, 2024, they've started already. And as they've started, it's for what? For just to be four years. And what is achieved? You see this man. Amazing. Brothers and sisters, riches and honor comes from God. And he says, there shall be no more curse. No more curse. The throne of God will be there and his servants will serve him. I want to serve God rather than living all my life to be sure that I can get enough rice and enough oil and enough uh, to buy what? Pork. Pork or beef? Which one do you prefer? Beef. Pork. Pork seems to be winning. Fish. Your whole life is for a fish. Your whole life is for a pig. The pigs are honored though. Like you are working hard for them, pa. The pigs can't believe how much you are sacrificing to, to have them. To have them with you in their freezer. In your freezer. Hey. So brothers and sisters. Let us be servants of God. Make me your servant. No matter the work you do. If you read the Bible. The Bible says. Nebuchadnezzar my servant. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar my servant. Beautiful. The king was his servant. And Cyrus the king was also the servant of God. So a servant of God is not necessarily a priest or a pastor. But someone who serves the interests of God. Serves the interests of who? Of God. And God has a lot of interest in this earth. Because we are his, we are his creation. And we are his. So I believe that as long as the church and all of us are focused on, I mean, doing the service of God, you know, God is going to bless us and help us. Where is, where is she, my little daughter from Bolivia? Where is she? Come. What's her name again? Uh, my might. Mighty, yes. She's translating. I, I wish she'll be here. Is she right here? I, I want her to come because you know, today she told me something that I mean I was a bit surprised. I think I'm going to let her, yeah, help me in the offering. You know, mighty, come here, my dear. You know, some years ago, she, she was in, in the UK, and then she gave her life to Jesus. And then she went back to her country for a time. Come here and tell me your story. Tell the people what you told me today. You thought you were only talking to me, but I'm calling you to tell. Come. Tell the people what you told me. Um, I told your prophet today that um, a few years back, when I had just joined the church... 
I was going to Bolivia for holiday. You, you were joining the church where? Four years ago in the UK. The UK, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, come nearer, come nearer the pulpit, okay? Yes, yeah. please. Um, I said that I was going to Bolivia for a holiday, and I was so excited, and I said, oh, I can't wait to see a first love or master seed in Bolivia. So I said, oh, let me go to, like, Bishop Daki with Mill's website and see where the closest church is. Closest church in Bolivia. <laughs> yes. Which city in Bolivia did you go to? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Yes. You'll be there soon. You'll be there soon. <laughs> so when I went to the website, I saw that the closest church was Brazil and Dominican Republic. The closest church to where you were was in Brazil. Yes. And Dominican Republic. Yes. And Cuba at the time. And um, I felt so sad. I felt so offended because I said, oh, I'm in this church. I'm paying tithe, my offering. They say Healing Jesus campaign partner. I'm doing everything. But meanwhile, I felt like you didn't care about us. I felt like you had... Sorry to I say, but no regard. I didn't care about who. <laughs> about us, like Bolivians, Bolivians or South Americans. Because I thought like, oh, no Argentina, no Peru, no Colombia, no Ecuador, no Paraguay, no Chile, no nothing. So I... <laughs> I Continue al- telling them what occurred to you. I was so offended, I almost left the church. Because there was no... Mustard seed or first light love, her first love church in nothing. Bolivia. She was yes. so offended. Yes. I felt like you didn't know that we existed. I felt like all you thought about was Africa. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You see now? So when I am sending people here. Go here, go here, go here. Let's do the work. You see what, you see, you are, somebody is saying that, what is all this? It's unnecessary. What is all this? Here is somebody who is offended that there's no first love church in, in Santa Cruz. And the closest is, no, she told me this morning that the closest is Dominican Republic. Yes. The closest one was Dominican Republic. I was so close to leaving the church because I said, why am I here? Like, he doesn't care. Like, he doesn't know that we exist. So why am I here? As I'm here, like, he doesn't know that I exist. So. We are sorry. Are we not sorry? (laughs) (laughs) We are coming there, isn't it? I had to get proper counseling for me to stay in the church. You had to have what? Proper counseling. Counseling? <laughs> yes. My pastors had to explain to me why there weren't churches in South America, why there were only a few places. Wow. You know, when we are sending people, go here, let's go here. Let's, you see people sit and criticize. What is all this? We do we need all this. Hey. But you see, there is a whole continent of people waiting and hoping that we will concentrate on our work. It's true. Because if we concentrate, we'll be there. Yes. We'll be there seriously. 
But you didn't know that I had been to Bolivia. No, I had no clue that you had been to Bolivia. Yes. Which town did you find out later that I had been to? I found out that you had been to Cochabamba. 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 I've been to Cochabamba. Yes. I touched down in Santa Cruz, yes. but I took off again too. I didn't even stay to see what was in Santa Cruz. But we shall be there by the Amen. grace of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Put your hands together for our sister mighty. Wow. Are you not rebuked? How many feel rebuked? Yes. Yeah. Are causing offense. Yes. She had to be counseled properly to be stabilized. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You know, I'm about to land paratroopers in South America. Yes, Bolivia is one of the countries. Brazil, Colombia, some of these places. Yes, large numbers of first lovers and children who are ready to give their lives to just be there. It takes a whole life to do something. That is also what people don't realize. It's not two years. If ever you are sent on a mission for two years, three years, it's, it's not a full mission. It takes a life to accomplish some of these great things. So, brothers and sisters, let us serve God. I think that if we focus on God serving him, like we pray for wisdom to really serve him well before we die, I think God will bless us and he will look towards us and say, you know, I'll give you all these things that you are not even asking for. And I'll bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's take out our offerings. Let's take out our offerings, our tithes, and uh, our gifts from all over, wherever you are. All right? And let's give really uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Let's give towards some of these missions and the building of the churches. One of the reasons why we emphasize on the buildings is when someone travels to a country or a place, people don't take it seriously till they see a building. So when they see a building, they say, hey, it's a serious thing that has come. So that is why we do, because it's a, it's a real backing for the missionary. And everybody realizes that, oh, this person is here to stay. It's a real thing. He's here to stay. And it's not just some quick fix or something. Somebody's trying to get money. Rather say that we are rather investing in the country or in the place. And our target is seven cathedrals in every country. And some of the countries are very big like Nigeria. We are hoping for more than that because it's too big for one country. All right. But God is going to bless us with more and more faithful people. And we have to give to support it. If you don't believe in it, don't support it. But if you believe in it, let's give tithes, offerings, and then our lives above all to support the work. Amen. So take your tithes. The, the, the sky is a little cloudy. I don't know if you get angry today to rain on us. But take everything you want to give, your tithes, your offering, and trust God that riches 
and wealth. It comes from God. And it comes as we focus on serving him. Amen. We have so many church buildings that are being built. I think in South Africa, all over the place, I can see. What is this? Bloemfontein. That is uh, the capital of uh, the center of South Africa. That's where the ANC was born, I think. Bloemfontein. That's our church building. All the buildings we show you, we, we own them as a church. Bloemfontein. That is where the ANC was. And this is Cape Town. Cape Town building. Uh, that's a Cape Town Cathedral. Yeah. So that is uh, another one, Jamiston in South Africa. It's also in Johannesburg area. It's a project that is going on. And um, keep going faster. And what is this one? This is Haman's Kral. Another church building, Haman's Kral. I think it's in the Pretoria area. Keep moving faster. And this is what? Hebron. Wow. Is it a land or what? A tent? It's a building. Hebron. Hebron. Wow. And this is Kekana Gardens. All these are our church buildings that we, we own. In, and this is Kailisha. Kailisha is, um, is in Cape Town. You know Soweto? Soweto is the township of um, Johannesburg. And Kailisha is the township of Cape Town. And this is another one. Click, clip cut. More church buildings. South Africa there, we have a lot of buildings there. Kwamalanga. Hey, Kwamalanga. Wow. Beautiful churches. All these are church buildings in the country. Amazing. Moloto. Hey. <laughs> Is it not fantastic? Oliven. Wow. Is it correct? Am I seeing right? Yes. Beautiful churches. And this is Peter Marisbeck. That's a cathedral in Peter. That's, Peter Marisbeck is a city next to Devon. All right. Beautiful. Peter Marisbeck Church. And Polokwani. That used to be Petersburg, St. Petersburg. That's our cathedral there. Polokwani. This is Port Elizabeth. All, all over the country. Yeah, all over the country. Port Elizabeth. Pretoria. This is Pretoria. This is the first one we had. Yeah. Lighthouse Chapel, Pretoria. That's Pretoria. Then Queenstown, another town. I've been to this church before. This one, yeah. Queenstown church building. Because we had a crusade in Queenstown. All these are your churches. So these are your churches. Are you not happy that they are your churches that are being built? Another place called Radium. Wow. Beautiful. And this is Randberg. How many have heard of uh, Randberg? Ray Macaulay's uh, part of South Africa, of Johannesburg. That's our Randberg Cathedral right there. And then Sushanguvi. Beautiful. Many, many, many churches. Sushanguvi. Wow. Social distancing. Umtata. 
Is that where Nelson Mandela comes from? Umtata, eh? That is, is that his hometown? Next to it, yes. Umtata, social distancing. And this is Manzini Cathedral in Swaziland. Swaziland Cathedral. Bishop Andy is there. Swaziland, beautiful church. Makane Church in Lusaka. Beautiful. Foxdale, Lusaka. They are going to another country now. So all these are your churches. Are you excited about it? Clap for Jesus. Amen. So as you support the work, you are supporting beautiful church churches to become real everywhere. It's not a Ghanaian church anymore. It is, I think by now you should have been convinced that it is more than a Ghanaian. So our dear sister from Bolivia, we shall be there with seven cathedrals, seven Spanish-speaking pastors all over from Santa Cruz. At least we know the name of one town, Santa Cruz and Cochabamba, two places. Once I've been there, by the grace of God, we shall be there. Amen. And um, it's a great blessing. Father, thank you for this offering as we give today in Jesus' name. Amen.
So I send you to be a leader who seeks for the presence. A leader whose eyes see the visions of God. And a leader whose ears are open to his words. And a leader who's guided continually by the Lord. I send you to leave your life's ambition To die to your desire and your self-will To labor for long in the fields of harvest And to feed the many, many hungry sheep Whoa. Jesus said unto them, my disciples, peace be unto you, my children. As my Father has sent me, as my Father has sent me, even so, even so. together that was minstrel Jolin Nakoja and the greater love gospel choir amen are you there or are you gone home are you blessed to be in the house of God put your hands together for our handsome ashes as they quickly disappear with the offerings amen
what a spiritual atmosphere we have today. And I think the clouds have been stayed for our sake. And we are blessed to be here. Amen. Amen. Do you know that there are angels here? I can't hear you. I said, do you know you are angels here? The Bible says that when we come to church, we've come to Zion, the city of the living God. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. And we've come to the company of innumerable angels. Amen. And I believe this afternoon there are angels here. We've come to the general assembly. We've come to God, the judge of all. We've come to Jesus, the mediator, and the sprinkling of the blood. How many of you need the blood this afternoon? We've come to the sprinkling of the blood, which speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And the next verse says, refuse not him that speaketh. Amen. So today I want to share that word with you as we get ready to hear what God has to say to us. Don't refuse the voice of God this afternoon because God has something to say to you. Amen. Oh, I can't hear you saying amen. Now, only those at the back shout amen. Wonderful. So tell your neighbor, don't refuse the voice of God today. And tell your other neighbor, God has something to say to you. Amen. And our prophet's about to climb the stage to prophesy and to speak God's mind. The scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit spoke by Isaiah. And even today in our times, the Holy Spirit still uses his servants to speak to us. And today our pastor and our prophet is ready to carry God's message to you for your life. Now tell, tell your neighbor once again, look into it and say, you are not perfect. Tell your neighbor, open up to transformation. And God is going to bless you. Are you ready for your life to be changed? How many of you can see a part of your life that needs change? Nothing is impossible when we put our trust in God. Let's sing it. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you trust in Talking to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon his word. For everything, oh everything, yes, everything is possible. Let's try something new. Ladies alone, ladies alone, let me hear you singing. Nothing is impossible. Ladies, keep singing. Nothing is impossible. Brothers, are you ready? Hearken to the voice of God. Let me hear you. Is there anything too hard? Now all together as one family, let's sing. Put your trust in God. God alone and rest upon Everybody scream. Everything is possible. Yes, everything is possible. God has a word for you today. Give the Lord a shout of praise and welcome your prophet, Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Wow. Well, what a blessing. Father, thank you for this amazing day of blessings. And as we are before your holy word today, 
we ask you to minister a change in our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today you will hear a word and the word will change your life. Whatever you have been struggling with will let you loose today. Whatever has held and tied your ankle and, and fixed you to a place is loosed in the name of Jesus. You are set free. You are set free from what makes you cry. You are set free from what makes you restricted. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Now, today we are moving on to something important in relation to building a thousand micro churches. And the subject is the assembly. Assembly. Now, we are returning to the usual assembling together. All right? And I think that I need us to have a mind to assemble or gather. Another word we use is gathering. But assemble, the need to assemble together is very, very important. Amen. Now, what is assembly? What is the assembly? Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. That's the scripture. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Okay? Now, you know, there are some basics that you must be aware of. When you get a high fever and you want to be mad and crazy, always remember some basics. Okay? And one of the basics is read your Bible. Okay? And another basic is pray. Okay? And another basic is fellowship or assemble together. You don't forsake. These are basic things when you are going crazy. Okay, let your craziness affect other things, but not the basics. Okay, yes, you can let your hair go wild, but don't forsake assembly and don't forsake prayer and don't forsake Bible reading. Okay, and don't forsake um, your father. Don't, don't dishonor your father. Like it's one of the ten commandments. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's one of them. It's number what? Three. I think it's the third commandment. And it's the only commandment with a promise. Like when your madness comes, there are some things that you don't 
go out of. You don't cross them. Yes, you don't forsake the group that God has made you a part of. When you are some way, do you see? You keep those few things in mind. It will help you because we all do pass through difficult times when we feel some way. How many have felt funny before? You know, you don't take your father out into the open and beat him up. And then you come back and start talking like a Christian. You go out of a certain realm. When even you are angry, do you see? You, you must pray. You must read your Bible. You must not forsake. Don't leave the assembly that God has made you a part of. I'm just trying to give you some advice for the future. Because the Bible says, as for offenses, they will come. But when the offense comes, you always remember the basics. So, I remember the basics. My fever comes, I'll let, I'll let my heart go. I'll do rasta. I'll do uh, something. But I'll pray. As for prayer, I'll pray. Reading my Bible, I'll read it. And then what? Fellowship, assembly, I will assemble together. And my father, I will not forsake my father or dishonor my father. Yes. I'll come with a rasta cry and honor him with it. Whatever hairstyle you choose. Even Sakura, you can do it. But the basics, you don't leave them out. How many will remember that for an evil day? Beautiful. Now, assembling together is very important. Now, don't forsake it. Don't forsake assembling together. Okay? Now, when we are building a thousand micro churches, we are creating a thousand assemblies and a thousand opportunities to assemble for Christians. Amen. And assembling is important because God is the creator of unity and union. But the whole world is in an entropy that leads to disorganization and confusion. Whereas God brings the unity and the unity comes from the spirit. Did I feel a drop? Did I feel a drop? No. <laughs> okay. All right. No problem. <laughs> now, unity strengthens us greatly. Being together strengthens us greatly. Do you see? That is why the United States you see, it's the, it's the, I don't know if it still is, but it's the richest country, United States. Yes, as against independent states. It's United States or United Kingdom. Do you see? Unity uh, 
brings a certain strength in different ways which is not easy to see by the simpleton. You know what is a simpleton? Check it out. Simpleton. Somebody check what it means to be a simpleton. Check from your dictionary. You can now look at your phone. And after that, you put it away, please. A simpleton is what? A nincompoop, which is what? A dance. An ignoramus. A fool. Imbecile. Half wit. Nitwit. Dimwit. <laughs> a gullible person. So, a dimwit cannot see that being together is, has a great advantage. Do you see? So, a dimwit is trying to divide and everybody moves to his corner. Okay? So, that is why nations don't like it when a part wants to break off. Because each part provides something and together we are great. But when we are split up, we lose our strength. So in our church, being together as a big family strengthens us. And we are apologizing to those in Bolivia and those in Ecuador and Peru and all those places for neglecting. But we'll be there. It's, it's, it's one of our priority goals. Amen. So it's a blessing that as I'm speaking now, we are connected to many countries and many places. We are connected spiritually. Each country has its own laws. So it's, it's separated by the laws. You can't control the whole world from one country. No country allows you to exist outside and control things in its country. So you can't, you can't have a church in Ghana and control something in South Africa because South Africa has its own laws and it operates by its laws there. You understand? You can't sit somewhere and create something that is controlled by you in another country. So every country has its laws and you have to fit into those laws there. But we are still connected by spiritual unity and principles. Amen. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul, Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness and with long suffering. Alright, so always remember humility. Okay, lowliness. Look at the scripture please. With lowliness and meekness. Okay? If you ever want to be work worthy in your new job, work worthy as a missionary, work worthy as a bishop, work worthy as a pastor or a lady pastor, or work worthy as a church member. These are this is how to work worthy. Let's read verse one and two together, please. It says that and as a, um, I beseech you as a prisoner of the Lord, all right. 
that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness, you must always be humble, lowly, and with meekness, and with long suffering, like patience. Because, you see, it takes time for things to be done. You get what I'm saying? It takes time for things to, to develop, things to change. Nothing changes so quickly. You know, Nelson Mandela was, um, you know, he, he went on a tour before he was arrested. And he went to so many countries, Algeria, I think, I don't know about Libya, but Algeria and Ghana and many countries asking for help. You know, there was a young man trying to change South Africa. You know, and uh, when he came back from his trip trying to galvanize support for his country, I mean, for them to fight apartheid, he was arrested in 1962 before I was born. You see, 1962 is a long time ago. And, and, and to try to bring a change that eventually happened in 1994. That's a long struggle. You know, I'm just trying to explain that, you know, it's not easy to change things. And if you are not patient, you may not see the good side of many things that God has planned. So from the time that he was arrested in 1962, you know, he was actually only in prison for five years. And then they went and raided some house and found some documents where he, with his handwriting. And I said, you are the one planning to overthrow the government. And then they added, they were going to hang them. They were going to sentence them to death. And the judge decided to sentence them to life imprisonment. So it took years to bring about any change. So if you are called Without patience, do you see? Without patience, you can't do much. He says, look at it. He says, I beseech you as the prisoner of the Lord that you should walk worthy. You know, if you get a new job, you get a place, you get an opportunity. If you ever want to walk worthy of it, notice what you must do. Okay? With all lowliness. In your new job, you mustn't go and say, you know, I used to work here, I used to work there. And so what? You used to work there, you used to work here, you were this of that and that of this. It may not work at all. You know, in the church, our little church that we have, you know, you have to learn how to work here because we work differently. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, we work in a particular way. Yeah. Some people feel that we work too much. But it's because you are new. Yeah. Bolivia is accusing us. So we are serious. We are hot. Look at it. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all, not some, all lowliness. Be humble. And meekness. And with long suffering. You know. Taking of time. 
it takes a long time before you'll be chosen as a presidential candidate. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. You can easily be 72. <laughs> it takes a long time to be a presidential candidate. Yes. One day I met a young man and uh, he introduced himself. I'm presidential candidate from, he mentioned the year. I said, hey, I've never seen you before. He said, I was a presidential. You see, I thought the man was a young man, but he has been a presidential candidate before. You may be independent, but to be a presidential candidate of one of the major parties, which is likely to win, that one, we need long suffering and lowliness. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And you need to lose some. Yes. All right. Bring, give me back my scripture. Forbearing one another in love. Amen. Now, what does he say in the next verse? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. In other words, striving to stay united. Striving, striving to stay together. You know, part of our calling is just to stay together. Building a church is just getting people to be together. It takes patience and time, like your whole life, before people will even believe that you are a real person. And that is one of the reasons why we build church buildings because it helps the people to have faith in the young man who is standing in that town saying that he has come there, he's been sent by God to the town. I mean, why should it take you serious? You get it? But as time goes by and there's a building, it backs up what the guy is saying. So unity and being united is something that we must seek for. The, to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And that is one of the things that comes through the assembling of people. Alright? Now, Satan knows the effect of scattering people. It weakens everybody. Now, in Genesis chapter 11 verse 5. Alright? This man is not tired of flying. And people want us to have short services. But he's always flying. Verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. Verse 6. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them. There's nothing they will not be able to do. Which they have imagined to do. Do you see? They were building the Tower of Babel. And God looked at it and said, the, the power that comes from being united alone will make these people be able to do everything they imagine. It makes them strong. It makes them powerful. It makes them great. 
the fact that they are united. Yeah. They have one language. Nothing will be restrained. Every project they try to do, they will do it. Everything they attempt to do, they will be able to do it because they is one. The people is one. Now, God said, God was not happy with that project because they wanted to make a name for themselves. God doesn't like people boasting about things that he has given to them. So, go to let us go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So, the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. So, God decided to scatter the people and through that, weaken them. So, when God used that principle of dividing what the people, what they think and how they understand each other. He used that principle. He just weakened them and he just ended their vision. He just brought it to an end. Yeah. Now, Satan was watching closely. You see, Satan was watching closely and saw what God Almighty did among men and took away their ability to do anything. You know that banks use the principle of unity to do things and also a principle of deception. You know? But they gather people's money. Do you see? Everybody's little, 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 little monies and put it all together and with the united strength that comes from everybody's little savings, do you see? They seem to be very rich. Well, they don't really have much. And then plus the deception that, especially by building glass buildings, the deception that there is money there. You know? But there are many banks, you'll be surprised that they don't have anything at all. If everybody goes to ask for money, now you'll be shocked that they cannot provide the money. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about banks. Let's, I mean, it's, it's, it's misunderstood. I don't want you to misunderstand. But I'm just saying that the banks use this principle of unity. Uniting monies. And when they unite everybody's money, they seem to have millions and billions. So strength comes by being together. Yeah. Now, oh, well, maybe strength for the whole body, but strength for you too. Because you see, somebody who lives in America or any of these richer places or even is born there or whatever seems to, it seems to have more, more, more available. I don't know if it's really the case, but it seems to at least have more than those who are born in more disunited places. 
So, unity brings great strength. And that unity comes from the assembling together of people. All right? So, a church is the assembling together. That's why the church is powerful. I mean, in Ghana, the church is a powerful entity. (laughs) We may not be politicians, but we are pastors. And we, we also have control of the people. And we have things that we say and do. Even the things that are not online. Because I didn't build this church online. Yes, I didn't build the church online. It's recently that online came. But the church was not built online. The church was built on the ground with a lot of meetings that are not seen and known. Yeah. So the church was not built online and publicly. And that's how people don't know. How, how, do, how do you have somebody in Gekedu? Do you know Gekedu? It's a town in Guinea. How do you have somebody in, in Zerikori? Yes. How do you have somebody in Conakry? Show me a Conakry church building. It's called Eddie Kofi, the pastor there. It's a young, one young guy, student from school, went and then he's been there. He's built one of the largest churches in Guinea. When the man was giving us the permit, it's 99% not Christian, that country. 99 point something percent. And the man was giving the permit. He told, he told us, look, I am a Christian. I don't know. You will never get this permit. So I'm giving it to you. Take it and do, do the thing. And when we changed it, we had to change the plans. He said, please, here. I don't know whether when I'm gone, you ever get a permit to build. Yeah. Beautiful. But people don't know how do you get all these people. Are they imaginary people or are they are real people? They are people that were built up and came into existence, not online. It wasn't online or on Facebook or radio. No, 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 no. You see, the reason why uh, America could bomb Iraq during the Gulf War, but still couldn't win the war, was because no matter how you are in the air, unless you come down on the ground and walk there, you have not won the war. You have to climb on the floor and you have to go practically to the places. You can say things in the air and they can be big, big bombs, but on the ground it's different. Are you listening or you've left? All right? So, brothers and sisters, assembly. Now, so Satan's main work is to scatter and to prevent us from coming together. Because he watched what God did to the Tower of Babel. And he saw that they became helpless and useless when he divided them. They couldn't do anything again. The Bible says they left off building the city. So there is great power and strength for you and for me when we assemble and when we meet. And that is why Satan is against our long meeting. You see, there is no church in the UD or UO or AD. I form another group called AD. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> there is no church in the UD or the UO or the AD. Do you see? Somebody says, what is AD? It's affiliated denominations. <laughs> yes. Usually, that will not be having meetings on Sunday afternoons and Sunday evenings. They, they are usually there. All over. They'll be there. Working. Doing something. And Satan is against this assembling. Now, let me give you ten reasons why the devil is against the assembly. Number one. The devil wants, doesn't want us to assemble because it causes the presence, assembling causes the presence of God to be there. Yeah. And the presence of God is something that disturbs the enemy. Yeah. Is he going to be there? No. Jesus said in Matthew 18 verse 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You see, God is everywhere. There's no question about that. God is under this canopy here. God is up in the grass here. God is in the sky. God is looking at the sun. God is everywhere. He's in your car. But Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am present in a different way from how I am everywhere. So there is a certain type of presence of God that comes when we physically come together. Yes. Which is not found when you are on your own. And Satan is against this whole thing. And you will notice that sometimes you are in church and you feel okay. You feel blessed. You feel good. Then when you go out of the presence of God, then you see to see that as if a helicopter is landing, as if a paratrooper is landing. Yes. After the grace dance, then it's like something is changing and some di- a different feeling is coming. And you ask yourself, what is it? What is it? What is it that has changed? It's the presence of God that comes by assembling together. And so, Satan is always trying to prevent us from gathering together. Because he knows that God will be there. And that is why as we reopen at the center, are you listening? Because some have not been able to come up the mountain. So this is one of the last, if not the last, it's one of the last up, up here. We are gathering and every form of gathering and a lot will not be online. No, I'm telling you. The church wasn't built online. It was built on the ground. 
Yes, practically. Like centipedes and millipedes. Walking on the ground. So, don't let any devil keep you. That's why I'm saying that. Yes, even when you are down, assemble. Assemble. You know, I have always belonged to groups. And God has showed me that. No matter how big you are or whoever you are, always be in your group. Never be alone. I have, I have, I have groups that I belong to. Recently when certain things were going on, a group that I belong to, they called me and said, we want to come and see you. I said, oh, anytime. And they, they came. They said, oh, we have heard that there's a problem. What is the problem? We want to help. Because I belong to a group. I, I'm not alone. I'm part of different things. You no matter, that's why I said that when your fever comes, uh, when your fever comes, what? Do a rust out, do some other style, hairstyle, or do something, perm your hair. I mean, do something. Do Sakura. Cut a, a, a motorway in your hair. But what? Reading your Bible, praying, assembling together, honoring your father. They are basic. Ever. Because the certain type of power and presence, you never experience it unless you are at the assembly. Yes. You know, Where's Malcolm? Are you here, Malcolm? Malcolm, are you here? Come on up. Where are you? Yeah, come. It takes a while, I know. Now, you better be in church because if you are called out... and you are not in church, it's really like, it's become like a problem. He has a beloved already? Now, how old are you? I'm 25, prophet. 25. Now, tell us your testimony. Tell us what happened to you when you came to a camp meeting. Come, come forward so that Thank everybody you. can see you, especially the. You have so, the I was going to say the beautiful. The lady <laughs> that I've seen as well. So I was invited to <clears throat> Candle in the Dark in the UK. Candle um, in the Dark. Candle in the Dark. Camp. Take your time. Catch your breath. <laughs> candle in the Dark in the UK in 2018. And prior to that camp, um, I was a weed addict. You were what? A weed addict. Weed addict. Yes, please. What is weed? Like weeding? Weed. So, mar- <laughs> <laughs> we are also into weeding in Ghana. So, like we weed in... Uh... As in marijuana. Marijuana, okay. Yes, marijuana. Okay. So, I used to smoke every single day. You used to smoke every single day? Every single day. So, that year I worked um, in a company. And when I finished work... 
I used to literally finish and smoke straight away. Then I'll come back home and I'll be high. And my parents would be wondering, like, why are your eyes red? You were high? Yes, I was high. Like. I'm going to take you high. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so I was like, I was high. So this continued for about three to four years. And I remember before Candle in the Dark. Three to four years of going high. Yeah. So when I started in university. He has a university degree. Ah, <laughs> uh, three years of smoking, we all yes. okay. And um, so yeah, before Candle in the Dark, I spoke to Pastor Candle Andrew. Candle in the Dark is the name of the camp. Yes, yes. I spoke to Pastor Andrew, who's a pastor at First Love Aston now. And um, I just, I wasn't open with him, but I told him that there's something I needed God to do for me. And um, if he can do it for me, then I'll serve him. And I remember getting to the camp and I saw the banner and I thought, where have I come to? Like, what's a candle in the dark? And You were wondering, what is a candle in the dark? Yeah, what's a candle in the dark? And um, he started preaching. And when you were preaching, you were talking specifically about hardness and loneliness. And during the session, at a point, you started to take testimonies about people who have previously been addicted to weed. And I thought, what kind of coincidence is this? And I never used to believe in God speaking to people. Um, I used to think that was quite spooky. But within that moment, I felt like God is speaking to me. And he's speaking to my situation specifically. And um, I remember when you took my pastor, Reverend Daniel's testimony, and he began to speak about how he used to smoke weed. And <laughs> yes, he was also a weed addict. <laughs> Mercy. We have a lot of addicts who are now pastors. <laughs> Is it not a blessing? And, um, and he said, without Phil, every single one of his friends today um, that used to smoke with him has gone mad. And he's the only person that God has saved. And I remember when I heard it, it's like within my heart, I became scared. And I felt as though if I should leave this camp and smoke weed again, that I would die. And so as soon as the camp finished, I told my pastor that I needed to speak to him about something very urgently. And he told me the very next day that I should call him in the morning. So I called him in the morning and I told him that, Rev, look, I've been coming to church. I've been ushering. But behind closed doors, I've been smoking weed every single day. And I don't know what to do because I've tried to stop and then I start again. I've tried to stop and then I start again. And I don't know what to do. And then he told me that, I shouldn't be worried. He knows exactly what I'm going through. And in six weeks' time from today, I'll give a testimony to testify to how I've overcome smoking weed. And I thought to myself, I don't think you've heard what I've just said. <laughs> I've been struggling for three to four years, and you're telling me that I'm going to give a testimony in six weeks. And he said, yeah, you will. So then, lo and behold, six weeks went by, and I hadn't smoked. And I, I remember arriving at church that day and I had to come and stand in front of the church and testify to me overcoming weed. And I went to the bathroom just before I had to give the testimony and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I said, you're actually going to stand in front of the church right now and you're telling people that you don't smoke weed anymore. So I didn't really even believe it myself. But then I went and stood up, I gave the testimony and 
lo and behold, today I haven't smoked weed for over three years. Wow. Since the camp? Since Candle in the Dark. So the last time I smoked, I think, was maybe a week before Candle in the Dark or so. <laughs> Just we're, to get ready for we're the getting camp. ready for the comeback, not <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Now you see, he was present at the camp, and the theme of the camp was candle in the dark. That is, you can become a candle in the dark. You can be a light to the world. Do you see? And he was there, and it, it, it sounds spooky, a candle in the dark. You can, what is candle in the dark? He's not even a spiritual person. But the Holy Spirit, do you see? The presence of God at the camp, do you see? That the assembly, it ended a curse. Do you see? That was in his life. The presence of God, the presence of God that is there, present at the assembly. And you see that the presence of God there is different even from a church service at a camp meeting. Yes, it's different. And you see all these young guys, you know, like his pastor was giving a testimony. He said there were four people who used to smoke weed. Come, come, come and also tell us. Huh? Mm. Yeah. These are the people God is going to use beautifully for great works. Tell us, what happened to you? Yes, Daddy. Um, so, from the age of around 13 or 14. <laughs> there were a group of four of us. And um, we used to smoke weed in the morning before school. We used to smoke weed after school, before we went home. And... Um, from the age of 13, 14. 13 or 14. And this went on for years, four years. And then I went off to university. And when I went off to university, one by one, I was getting news from either one of their parents or other friends, friends that they'd gone mad. They'd lost their mind. And I remember going home um, during one of the breaks and I went to visit one of my friends because his mum had said, come and see him, speak to him. And I was in the room, and he was sitting there, and he kept looking left, looking right, looking up, looking out the window. And I had to ask him, is somebody coming for us? Are you expecting? Is there a problem I should be aware of? But he just developed paranoia, extreme. And, you know, we were four. I mean, we'd known each other from primary school. We'd grown up together. And today, all three of them, I know one is still in a mental hospital. The other two are still in the area, but they're clearly, they've lost their minds totally. And I'm the only one who's normal today. And the power of God. And you came to a church. How did you get saved? You went to a church. Yes, I was in my final year of university. And, um, you know, I made a decision about 14 months before that, that I wasn't interested in church in the slightest. I didn't go to church for funerals or for weddings this is a man who decided that if there's a funeral or a wedding he will not enter the church no i'll come to the reception i'll come to the gathering after but not for the church service um this was how i lived my life and in my final year of university somebody invited me to church he said do you go to church 
I said, no. He said, I want to invite you to my church tomorrow. Now, for some reason, I just said yes. And I was confused. When I said yes, I had to stop because I'd been saying no consistently. I mean, it was serious, weddings, funerals. So he said, I said yes. And then we exchanged numbers. Then as I walked away, I said to myself, there's no way that I'm going to church. I mean, I don't know why I said yes, but that would be the end. Then the next day I woke up and then I called him. And then I asked him. The Holy Spirit was working. The Holy Spirit was working. I called him and I asked him, is church happening today? And he said, yes. Then I drove my car to pick him up. And then we went to church. <laughs> and, 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 and this was, even as I was driving, I still didn't understand why am I going? Why did I say yes? But I was on my way to church. And then we arrived in a small hall. I'd, I'd never a seen micro, One of the thousand micro churches. Yeah. Yes. We arrived in a small hall. And when we walked through the door, um, there was somebody who was the pastor, Reverend Len. He was on the keyboard. Somebody was on the drums. There were two people doing praise and worship. And then the person that brought me, he walked in and went to do the projector. So I was the only person <laughs> in the congregation. So I assumed that this is rehearsal. Church hasn't started. People are coming. <laughs> you see, he attended a micro church. And he found out that he was the only member in the church. You were the only member. In the congregation, when we arrived, he went to do project, projector. So everybody was working. And I was the only person who was in the congregation. <laughs> uh, 1,000 micro assemblies. And, um, you know, I, I joined the church. I gave the pastor my, preached. The pastor preached. Um, to only you. <laughs> the praise and worship to everybody came to. <laughs> came and sat down. But he preached on Abrahamic success. I still remember the message. And, um, you know, I, I was affected. And um, I gave my life. And, and I can testify to the camp experience as well, the, the assembly, because it, my first camp was, why are you not a missionary? Why are you not a missionary? And at that stage, I still wasn't... I'd been in the church for a few months, and then the camp was announced. I was told it would be a nice time, a fun time of fellowship. And then when I arrived and I saw the banner, I was totally confused. Because <laughs> I didn't understand, number one, why are, we, why are we being asked this question? And, and the camouflage army style of the banner was also quite scary. <laughs> But it was during the um, Healing Jesus documentary that we watched at that camp that I was, I was changed forever. So we saw you on the crusades, all the lives that were being saved. And, um, you know, in that moment, I said to myself, if God can use one man to do all of this in all of these places, then God can use me to do something in my corner. And that moment changed me forever. Wow. So these wee smokers turn to God. Not even by preaching or let's say counseling that you have to stop this or you have to do this or you have to do that. The presence of God and the Holy Spirit at the assembly, you get it, just did everything. And the topic even is off, off course. It's like a different, you can't even tell what a, why are you not a missionary? It has nothing to do with him. Candle in the dark. It's like, what are you talking about? But the presence of God so don't mind. Sometimes you bring your friend to church. It's like, you don't worry about the topic. 
You'll be shocked at the power of God, how it will change the lives. And look at the lives of these people. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. What a mighty blessing we have in the presence. Put your hands together for these amazing children. Do you want us to have more meetings where Jesus is present? Wow. Amen. And uh, the second reason why the enemy doesn't want us to have assemblies is because the devil is exposed and crowded out in the assembly. Who the devil is becomes clear. Because there's so much deception in the world. Now, deception is the most powerful thing that is at work right now. Deception. And the world is suddenly going to find out that, oh, there's heaven. It's real. Oh, there's earth. There's hell. Ha! It's all true. What? Real, real fire. Burning. Heaven. Hell. Eternity. Crowns. Mansions. It's all true. It's all real. All dead people are alive. And it's like people have been led to believe that it's all rubbish. It's all this church. is nothing. They're just looking for your money. So Satan's strongest work is deception. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. In the assembly, you meet people who are like you. So you become sure of yourself and of your beliefs. Yes. Yeah. You see, when you are the only one and you are the only one who believes something, you become unsure of yourself when you are alone. But when you come to the assembly and you are with others who are like-minded, you become more stable. If you are a medical student and you come to church and you see other medical students and even doctors and people of whatever rank serving God and praising God and you realize that, oh, there's nothing wrong with being a medical student and serving the Lord. I'm not losing anything at all. If at all, my mind is clearer. But when you are isolated, all the deceptions of the enemy are very strong. That is why depression and sadness and deceptions work best when you are alone. Yeah. I remember years ago when I was with my uncle in England. And it was like, you know, my cousins were around. They used to laugh at me. I said, oh, they said, we have to go to the pub. I said, I don't go to pub. I'm not going to no pub to drink. I said, I don't. I, don't. I should go to nightclub. I said, I don't go to nightclub. You know, they used, to even, they used to even make fun of me. And I was alone. And all of them were like English guys making fun of me and, you know, virtually mocking. And I was all alone. They said, I should go to this school. I said, I, I don't want to go. I said, I believe in Jesus. And it was, I was like an odd sore thumb. If you know what England is, real England, English England, mostly not believing in Jesus. 
That's why the churches are all empty. The buildings are for sale. And there I was all alone. But when you come to an assembly and you see other people who believe what you believe in, the deceptions of the enemy are crowded out. One time I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I saw Kenneth Hagen, his son, and other people working in the ministry. And I spoke to some of my other pastors. I said, look, let's go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Where you see people who work for God and their families. They are full-time ministry servants of God for years. Husband, wife, whole family. They are all working there. Maybe you haven't seen much of that. So you don't know that people work for God for their whole lives. Because the world I was coming from, nobody was a pastor. The pastors we knew were orthodox pastors. So it looked odd. But going there, I saw how normal it is for people to be in the ministry all their lives with their children, their families, everybody. We all work for the Lord. I mean, what other work will you do apart from the work of your father? But not ever seeing it, I realized I look odd. Even when I was trying to advise my wife to come into the ministry, to come and work full time in this work that we are all doing, I had some uphill journey to convince her. Because it was odd. It's odd. When you are isolated, when you are alone, it's something unusual. Nobody does what you are talking about. That's why when you come and you mix with other people, fellow missionaries, fellow young men who are serving the Lord, you feel relaxed and you realize that there's nothing strange at all about what you are doing. But when you stick out as a tall, sore thumb, like a very odd person in the midst of, of people, then you, you, you even feel that the call of God is strange. It's nothing strange. Look at this girl who is offended that we have not come to Bolivia. It's nothing strange. The work is plenty. The countries are unreached. It's because you are not in the assembly of like-minded people. That is why deceptions look very strong and fasting onto you. People who live in debt, when you meet people who don't use debt and prosper without debt, then you'll be surprised that there are so many people who don't have debt and are prospering. And they are doing fine. But it's because you are in the group that everybody does that. Till you come to an assembly and then deceptions and delusions fall to their right place where they belong. That they are deceptions. For years, I've been standing virtually alone. But when standing alone, talking about death and all these things. When I met people like Bishop Oyedepo. And others who don't believe in debt and so on. I was encouraged just finding a like-minded person. I found out that, oh, there are people that are doing great things for God without borrowing money and without owing everybody. So, deceptions are crowded out. Look at your family. Maybe when you are with your biological family, you look odd. People will even insult you. You don't have sense. Look at the church that you are going to. This church, what are you getting from the church? And they can insult you and insult the church. Some people hate the church so much. 
Yeah, they can insult us. Oh, this, what, how do you, what, what is a missionary? What is all this nonsense? This and that. Come on, find yourself a job to do. This and that and that. That way too, when you are with them, you, you may feel like, am I really being stupid? But when you move into the midst of those who believe the things that you believe and you join them, you rather find out that they are rather lost. Fellow laborers. Yeah. So the assembly is something that drowns out deceptions. It drowns out deceptions. Number three, the voice of the devil is silenced in the assembly. Yes. First Corinthians 14 verse 10. There are many voices in the world. None of them is without significance. Yes. The voice of the devil is silence. That's why Jesus said, be careful what you hear. In the assembly, so right now as I'm preaching, the voice of Satan in your life is drowned out. Yes, it's drowned out. It's silenced. It's silenced, quietened as the preaching is coming. And the voice that you've been hearing frightening you, fear of the unknown, fear of tomorrow, fear of death, fear of, 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 of things you don't even know what you're afraid of. All those voices calm down and they are silenced. When you cut out the assembly and you cut out the joining of what God has made you a part of, that is when Satan now has a free, 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 free way. I remember one of my daughters. She became upset. Spiritual daughters. She became upset. I called her on the phone. I said, I need to speak to you. She would not answer. I sent her a message. She would not answer. I said. Then she sent me a message. I cannot speak to you. I think somebody told her, don't speak to him. Don't speak to him. But I remember this little girl from the time that she was in secondary school and growing up. But when the enemy, when she was offended and when the enemy took her, Somebody told her, don't, 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 don't speak to, she said, I cannot speak to you at this time. But the only thing she should have done was to speak to me at that time. That was actually the only thing she should have done. It would have saved her life. It would have saved her life. That's the only thing. If, you're only, if only she would have spoken. So that's why Satan said, oh, no, cut yourself out. No, no, this one, no, never. Go, don't go there. Don't go there. Stay away. <laughs> the only thing she should have done was to talk to me. It would have saved her. But she wouldn't. And so Satan, Satan's voice is silenced because the word of God is a strong voice. Oh yes. And the, and the voice of the devil is a significant voice. You have to be careful of it. You think the devil doesn't speak and he will not speak to you. He will. But do not forsake the assembling. One time, you know, I went to Korea. But I had another program. So I was leaving early and the Holy Spirit told me that whenever there's a program in Korea, don't arrange any other program to go and leave early. That's what the Spirit whispered in my heart. Don't arrange other programs and leave early. Sit there and stay till everything is finished, then you go. It's your fellowship. You need it. 
Don't don't be this type of. I'm in a hurry. I have I have something to do. I have what to go. When you become big, when you become something, that is when you have to learn how to be humble and be a part of the assembly. You will be surprised that that is the place where Satan will take you. You know, in the parable of the uh, sower, you see there are two things. One, the seed fell on dry ground. And it couldn't. And another one, it fell on a good ground, but because of riches and other cares, it also couldn't make it. So there is a test in both directions the test of success. Successful people. In fact, Derek Prince said that it is more dangerous and difficult to be successful. He said the test of success is more difficult than the test of poverty. Because when the seed fell on the rocky ground, there was nothing. Difficulty. But when the thing grew and riches and other things quenched it. He said more people fail the test of success than the test of uh, Poverty or difficulty. In fact, difficulty sometimes brings out the good things in you. When you are successful, when you are making it, that's when you humble yourself. The Holy Spirit told me, don't plan any program and go. You are in Korea, then you go here to preach, then you go here and you are leaving early and coming late. He told me, don't come early and leave, come late and leave early. Who do you think you are? That's your fellowship. Now, you know, Young Cho's wife is dead. His main interpreter, billionaire, who used to support him is dead. He himself is not okay. Where will I go for fellowship again? Forsaking the assembly, you don't know what you are. I, you, I can't even count the things. That I've picked up without knowing that I'm picking up by just being in the assembly and just being part of something. Don't let the test of success wipe you out. I say, remember all your principles in your bigness and your success. Yeah. The voice of the devil is drowned out in the assembly. If you think the devil will not speak to you, go and ask Jesus. Yes. Jesus himself says, Satan, get thee behind me. Shut up. Are you listening to me? Yes. Number four. The tricks of the devil are exposed in the assembly. the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The tricks. Same tricks. Uncle James told me years ago. It's the same always. Uncle James told me it's the same. Yesterday I was talking to a man of God. I don't want to go into the details. He told me what I was experiencing 
he told me exactly the same thing. He said, this person did this to me. This person did I said, so I said, but why have you never said it? He said, oh, the things I've been through, if I write it, if I say you, you will not know. I couldn't believe it. He gave me as if he was copying and pasting. No, serious. Yeah, as if he was copying and pasting. He said, people are ungrateful and wicked. And he said, what I've seen, what I've seen. Then he mentioned somebody. I said, this person said this person. He said, I've built a house for him. I've bought a car for him. I've bought a car for his wife. And he took me to court. And the judge said, why have you troubled me by bringing this man to my court? I I cannot sit on this case. (laughs) It is when you are in church, in the assembly, that you hear, ah, this is the way it works. Same thing, eh? This will happen, this will happen, this will happen. This will happen, this one, this one, this one, this one. This, 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 this. This, 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 this. Yeah. I read a book years ago by a man called Jim Baker. And it was based on something I read in the book that I saw the main strategy of the enemy. Yeah. I will not tell you. I will not tell you. But I'm talking about tricks. Everybody say tricks. Yes, tricks. 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 You know, recently Ghana was playing in the World Cup. Do you remember? Huh? Huh? Yes. Ghana was playing World Cup. And the next match we were going to play with Germany. The next match. And during our match, that current match, I saw the German coach sitting in the match looking at us playing. And he wrote notes from the first minute to 90 minutes. And I knew that it was over. (laughs) Yes, I said, no, it's it's over. (laughs) Every trick, everything he knew, he saw us studied everybody. Oh, When you learn the tricks of the devil, that is why my books are prophetic. Those who leave you, it's always the same. The reasons why people leave, you always fulfill. As if you've read it, you fulfill it all. Those who accuse you, as if you've decided to follow the laws of accusation. Those who are ignorant. You see that it's ignorant people. do say, Those who forget. One of you is a devil. Those who are proud. Those who are dangerous sons. Ah, As if I wrote it for some people. (laughs) It's the same. Uncle James told me something. He said, it's always the same. It never. I I was standing by my father's gate at Osu. And he told me, it's always the same. Satan has no, those words are, Satan has no new tricks. He has no new, that's why I'm telling you that when your fever comes, eh, 
just decide these particular things. They, they are very self-protective. Very self-protective. Read my Bible. Pray. Assemble. Honor my father. And humility is another one. Be low rather than high. Somebody asked me, would I, I said, look, if you want, I'll kneel down for you. I will kneel down and beg you. I don't mind kneeling down. I, I can crawl here if I should roll. If I shall roll. No problem. No problem at all. It's nothing. Oh, yes. Don't forget these ones. Are you listening to me? And let me end with this one. The work, the devil is rebuked directly in the assembly. Sometimes you see that some words are directly against something that you are thinking about. How many have realized that sometimes something is like it is strongly, directly coming? I mean, as if there has been a meeting and you have been pointed out and now your name has been written here so that I will say something. Mark chapter 1 verse 21. And they went into, the, into Capernaum and straight away on the Sabbath day, Jesus entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught, he was teaching them, no prayer for deliverance. He taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, leave us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Are thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. Notice so, Jesus was just teaching, teaching, like how I'm teaching. And the demons shouted, leave us alone. You see, as I'm preaching now, there are some demons saying, leave us alone, leave us alone, leave the topic, leave the topic. It's direct. It's direct. In the assembly, Satan is is confronted directly and told to shut up and get out. Leave now. Silence you, liar. And that is why we need to assemble. And you you get it different. As the assembly increases, the feeling changes. Because you see, our brother who was smoking weed, he was, he was going to church, but it wasn't changing. But at the candle, you see, at the candle, it was, it was an atmosphere. And the Holy Spirit told me that the most powerful meeting, anointed services of your ministry is the camp meetings. Yes. And I know it. That's why I said that the church was not built online. It was built offline. On the ground. Down through centipedes and millipedes. Karaba Satoba Rabandala. If you want to be anointed, eh, listen to camp meetings. The actual camp. Just soaking camp from beginning to end. You'll be anointed. I'm sure of that. There's power in it. Yeah. It's different from Sunday services. So, thank God when you get a direct... Now, somebody said, how is the devil rebuked? The devil imparts thoughts. And the thoughts become feelings. And the feelings become moods and attitudes. 
So you see somebody's changed. Mm, 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 mm. It is because the devil has imparted a, a negative thought. And the negative thought has stayed for some time. Then after some time, it's changed into a feeling or a kind of a mood. And then an attitude. And it grows. And then you, you change. They see that you've changed. It's because certain thoughts have come to you. And that is why the preaching, it cast down imaginations. It confronted the devil directly. And he shouted, leave us alone. We can't take this. Shut up. One Orangu, you know, he left the church. And uh, he told his wife, out with these books. My books. And my tapes. He took all and threw all away. He didn't want to hear my voice. Leave us alone. Until he was totally destroyed. Until he was what? Totally destroyed. Until he became a phantom. Of what he would have been. This fellow would have been one of our bishops. Today. Today is aimless. Walking around. No ministry. No church. Nothing. Don't forsake the assembling. When we meet, he's there. Yes, he's there. He's present. There's a presence. Start believing the Bible. God's power is there. And the change which cannot come from police cannot come from your mother. Cannot come from your father's plenty talking. Cannot come from your wife's plenty talking. And your husband's plenty talking. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God will change what only he can change. Don't forget the assembling together. And that is why the Spirit said to me, where are you going? I was rushing to a program. So what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to preach and say, don't arrange programs like that. Stay. This is your fellowship. This is your group. Your group. I've been associated with Bishop, Archbishop Duncan Williams since I was in secondary school. And I'll be associated with him all the way to the end. I've not, the, you see, no matter what happens, you maintain the groups. I've been associated with the people that have been with me in the ministry. I mean, I, mean, I don't change people. Pray that you'll be the, that job, you'll be the first to do it. Because usually, once you are there, is it, is it, it's the same. You know, there are some people, when you give them food and it's nice, they can eat it every day. But there are some people, you need to change it. It depends on the type of person. Where are you going? Forsaking the assembly together. No, it's now that we are going to assemble. It's now that we are going to gather. Someone said that we stay in church. You know. uh, what is that song? Uh, 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 church? Waba Wabie. Waba Wabie. Manele Waba Wabie. We sleep here. We know what we want. We know what we know. We want assembly. How many want the power of the assembly? The power of the assembly. Yes. 
You know, when you are in church, it's as if there's, you don't have either financial, marital, nothing. I mean, it's like there's no problem at all in the world. <laughs> Is it not true? It's amazing. That's a great blessing. And do you know who does that? No man can do that. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the power of God. Lift your hand and thank God for the power of the assembly. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise for the assembly that you bring to us today. Thank you. Thank you that the test of success will find us still in your house, serving you, loving you. The test of poverty will still find us in your house, serving you and loving you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Malom barakataza manom bereni malama shandala bakabala daridala. Pareida la mandola mike berendele manando rebeda balana manandele beke barabala. Paramado shamanda le meka balano barataza mandali babanda la baba. Halo la mambalanda le mingo rom barande lindo lom barande linda kabalanda la we give you praise we give you glory we give you thanks lift your hand and thank god for the power of assembling together not forsaking your, the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some but all the more as you see the day approaching father we thank you for blessing your children with foundations foundations which will be, they'll be using today tomorrow and all time thank you for your blessing Marana Shondalaga. Thank you that we will not forsake the groups that you give to us, the families that you give to us. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you praise in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Lift your holy hands as we worship him. Thank God for his power. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for the group that he's put you in. That you'll be part of to the last day of all things that God has given to you. Be part of it to the last day. Mando Kamala Mamba, Marindola Masamele, Marambole Shimbarama, Marambole Mekabaranda, Malenda Kabalamonde, Tamenda Ramana. Speak out in the spirit now. Speak in tongues. The presence of God is here. The power of God is here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you praise for all you've done for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. As we gather, may your spirit work within us. And as we gather, may we glorify your name. Knowing well that as our hearts begin to worship, we'll be blessed because we came. Because we come as we gather, may your spirit work within us. As we gather, may we glorify your name. 
somebody invited you to church today you would like to give your heart to Jesus I would like to pray with you as we close this service pastor pray with me please I want Jesus to save my life Jesus to save my soul maybe you just came but you know in your heart and God knows this is your chance to be saved if you are here and you want to give your life to God to Jesus Lift your right hand up high like this and I'm going to pray with you. At the back there, I see your hands on the side. Lift it up. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe you're also smoking weed, smoking, stealing, doing things, but today, 
Jesus want to save you? If you've lifted your hand like this, come, come from where you are. Come to me in the front here. Come from the back upstairs. Come from the side. Come from where you are standing to the front here on the screen. Keep your hand lifted up. I'm going to pray with you in a moment. watching on television join pray with me now say Jesus say I can't hear you say Jesus please forgive me for my sins close your eyes and pray Jesus please forgive me for my sins I give my heart to you Lord Jesus please write my name in the book of life forgive me forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. Thank you Lord for saving me today. In Jesus name I pray. Thank you Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. From today I am born again. I am a child of God in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, all of you here, I'm going to give you one of my books. Special gift for you today. And some people are giving it to you right now. And I want you to take this book. God bless you. Your life is changing from today. And I want you to go to the side over there. We have some special seats for you. And your life is changing forever. Amen. God bless you. Wow. God bless you. And everyone else, lift your hands. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your power, your grace, your glory, your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your Holy Communion.
and lift it up, lift up your bread. Lift up the bread. Father, I thank you for the bread of God that comes down from heaven. Let peace and many blessings enter into the bodies, the lives, the beings of your children. Now, we dedicate this bread and we say it is the body of Jesus Christ. As often as we do this, we do show the Lord's death till he comes. Let power, power, power enter to everyone that is part of this holy meal. Let there be none lacking, none without healing today. You will live and not die. Cancer will not take you away. Hypertension will not take you away. Heart failure will not take you away. Eye disease will not take you away. Every curse, condition will not take you away. No strange and wicked disease will be diagnosed in your life. No evil medical arrangement will happen in your life. No medical curses will be inflicted upon you. No knives will cut you. No need for emergencies in your life. No need for ambulances in your life. You are crossing 70 with ease, with ease, 70 years with ease. May the grace and the power of God come into you as you partake of this. No sudden death and premature death. No death of young people in our midst. No death in the midst of your years. No partridge that sits upon an egg and hatcheth it not. No way in Jesus' name. The body of Jesus Christ is more than enough. Receive the broken body of Jesus Christ in your life in this moment. The body of Jesus Christ. the blood whatever represents a mistake is washed away your fornications and adulteries and mistakes and lies wickedness your malice your evil ways your errors your unmentionable sins your undercover sins the reason for which Satan says he has access to you today by the blood it is washed away as you take and partake of this blood may you walk through the Red Sea and never see the Egyptians again no more the enemy you see today you shall see no more through the blood I will deliver you and set you free Thank you, Father. We receive the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus.
and lift your hands for your blessing. May an angel be sent into your family, into your life, to your dwelling place. Whatever crisis or test you face today, may you overcome it and come out in flying colors. Whatever made your face not to smile, may it be taken away from you now. May a smile return to your face. May joy return to your house. May peace return to your dwelling place. Whatever represents a crisis, a trouble, a concern, an issue in your life, may it be resolved. I prophesy to the dead bones and I say, come alive. Come alive. Come alive. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come alive. Whatever is dead, finished in your life. I speak to it, the words of life. Be healed, be resurrected, and come back to life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I declare it is your portion. And everyone shouted, Amen. Let me hear your loudest, Amen. Let me hear your loudest, Amen. Let me hear your loudest amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.